We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithane.org.au. Hey, it's great to talk about generosity and in so many ways our church is so generous. So thank you for so many people who have helped along the way to make our church generous. Now, tonight we've got our prayer night. Um, Church is coming together. It's going to be so exciting to be here and the place is going to be packed. So get here early. It starts at five. So get here early. Um, That would be great. Also for our prayer week, we still have spaces on our wall. We want to do 24-7 and we need your help. So can you, as you finish the service, go out to the prayer wall, which is just outside the door here. You'll see the lists up there. And can you fill in some of those spaces? I'm sure as a church, we can put out the challenge there. We want every hour filled through the week. Now you might be wondering, how can I pray for an hour? We have got a guideline there that you can take, depending on what day you choose. You can take this guideline and you can read through it. It's got the prayer points. It's got a bit of a devotion and be easy for you to fill in that hour. So can you please work hard? Let's fill in every gap. So we're crying out to God for revival across our nation every hour of this coming week. That would be powerful and that will be wonderful. Now, we've been talking about generosity and sharing about God loves a generous heart. And we just don't talk about things here at LifePoint. We do it. And as I come to the Word today, I want to put out a challenge to all of you. Our next 11 in 11 event for you is a kilo of kindness. What we're asking LifePoint to do is to take one of these bags near the front door on the way out. We want you to open it up and when you go shopping, can you fill it up? And over the next month, can you bring it back? And we want to give away a kilo of kindness to so many people. Because our pantry is pretty um, empty at the moment because we've been giving away just about all that we have. So the challenge is there for you to fill one of these packets up and let's bless other people. Let's be generous so that we can bless other people. It's going to be good to see. So the challenge is out there. Please make sure you take one or two or three or ten if you want to. And um, let's start filling them up and just see people's hearts. as they're, they're touched with a kilo of kindness. Let me pray. God, this morning, we so much need you. I ask, Lord, open up our hearts to what you want to say. Speak to each of us in some area today, I pray. Holy Spirit, Pentecost Sunday, I pray, ignite your church, Lord, with passion to be like you, God. Amen. Well, as we continue our series, I want to look today at what you have been given. You know, God is very generous And in his generosity, he shares the journey with people. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it is his. That's his creation. He created it all. He put it together. No one was there helping God as he made the visible out of the invisible. He wasn't asking a couple of people or he didn't have a board saying to the board, having a board meeting saying, now, where should I put America or where should I put Australia? I think we slipped with Australia. We need to push it up there. But where should we put all these continents? He had no one to instruct him. He is God. But when it was done, in Genesis 2.19, 
Listen to what he did. He did something so special and so wonderful. It says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called the living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, all the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. God created everything. He created all these amazing animals. And I really love animals. And yet he didn't have the privilege of naming them. He took them to Adam and gave Adam the permission to name all the animals because he wanted Adam to be part of his creation. And he's always been doing that ever since that we are part of what God is doing and who God is and how amazing that is. So whatever Adam called an animal, that's what it was. So imagine when God brought this hippopotamus before Adam and he had to look at it and it looked so weird and so odd with his head and tiny ears and he says, well, that looks like a hippopotamus. Imagine naming the animals. That wouldn't have been easy. And then he brings this great big grey thing to, to Adam with great big ears and this mammoth big trunk. And, God, and Adam says, oh, that looks like an elephant. And then behind the elephant was this great big tall creature with a great big head, high in the sky, big long legs, giraffe. Now a little orange and black one come after that. He says, tiger. So imagine how he named all these animals, how amazing it was. And then the birds flying in the sky. What's that look like, Adam? He says, a hawk. Then he named the eagle. Then he named the falcon. And then he named the crow. And I think Adam was getting a bit bored with naming them. He's running out of names because after he named some of the birds, he called the next bird because he's a bit tired. He said, that's a black bird. That's a blue bird. That's a red bird. Oh, that's a hummingbird. It was a big job for Adam to do this. But the generosity of God saying to Adam, I want you to be part of what I'm doing. And God hasn't changed since. God wants you to be part of what he is doing. He was so generous, so generous to Adam to do that. But so generous, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever will believe in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's pretty generous. God's grace is generous. God's mercy is generous. God's love is is generous. He has an absolute generous nature. The question we have is, are you enough like God to be generous? And you could react as we talk about generosity and you could get cranky at these sermons, but just check your heart because if you're getting cranky about generosity, maybe in your life you never received generosity and realise what generosity does to touch hearts and lives. What a generous God does when He touches our hearts and our lives. So with the generous God that He is, I wanna look at what God has given you this morning. There's a whole list of things that God has given you and I want you to embrace these things this morning. God has given you these things. God has given you the Holy Spirit. That's a good one for Pentecost Sunday, isn't it? I just want Scripture to speak this out. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that you may know the things freely given by God. Romans 5, 5 says, And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured 
within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We have received the Holy Spirit. God has put the Holy Spirit into you. What makes a difference between a person who's a Christian and a non-Christian is a Christian has the Holy Spirit. The moment we say yes to Jesus, ask our sins to be forgiven, God comes in by the power of His Spirit. We receive the Spirit and He leads us and guides us. And for the rest of our lives, He's trying to make us Christ-like. That's His job, to make us like Jesus in every aspect. And he works hard in that. So we have the Holy Spirit. But then Scripture says, we've been given spiritual fruit. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And God has given us this fruit. And God's given us this fruit so we will be nice. This little child prayed this amazing prayer. She prayed, God, would you make all the bad people good? And God, while you're at it, would you make all the good people nice? You know, as we look at this, this, the fruit of the Spirit, some of this is for us. Joy, peace, patience, Self-control, that's for us so that we can live a life with peace and joy and, and comfort and patience. But some of this is for others, love and kindness and goodness and gentleness. It's for others. So half the fruit is for us to experience God's peace, but half the fruit is for us to share with others so others are blessed because we know God. So we get the Holy Spirit. We get spiritual fruit. <clears throat> now we have spiritual gifts. The Bible says we have got spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit's brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributing them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, everyone, God is doing the same work. Now to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. He's saying, I've given you these gifts for the common good for the church. I've given these gifts because I want the church to be edified and built up that people will see how great the church is and I'll get the glory for it because these are my gifts. To one is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another one, faith to another one, the gifts of healing, to another one, the working of miracles, to another one, prophecy, to another one, the distinguishing of the spirits, to another one, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to another one, the interpretation of tongues. All these things are the work of the one and same Spirit. He distributes them, each one as He determines. So today, God has given you a gift or a number of gifts. The Bible says each one has received a gift. So He's put a spiritual gift in you so that you can be part of His greater body and make an impact and make a difference. What a generous God. He didn't have to do any of this, but He's done this. So we have the Holy Spirit in us. We have spiritual fruit for us and for others. We have spiritual gifts so we can build His church and people can get glorify God because of what's happening. And then He says, I put a spirit of power, love and self-control in you. 
1 Timothy 2, 6 and 7. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and discipline. John chapter 1, 12. But to all who received Him who believed in His name, He gave power to become children of God. He has given us power to live the Christian life. And to say that I can't do it is saying God is not enough. And in Scripture, it clearly says He's given us the gift of the Spirit that reproduces power, love and self-control. Next one, He's given us forgiveness. Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit has set us free from the law of sin and death. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are forgiven. And how often the devil gets in there and says, you're not forgiven, you're not good enough. God is seven. I've given you a gift of forgiveness because of what I've done on the cross. Walk in that freedom. Next one, He's given us power and priority through prayer. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe it and you shall receive it and it will be yours. Psalm 17, 6 says, I call on you, my God, for you will answer me and turn your ear and be attentive to my prayer. Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patience in affliction, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Prayer works. Do you believe that prayer works? Have you experienced that in your life? You know, in my early Christian experience, I started to pray and I realised God heard me and I realised that God answered prayer. It's real. And as you experience it more and more, you see the realness of God in so many different ways. I remember one time I was with this team of other ministers were over at the Solomon Islands and there at the Solomon Islands, we were preaching morning and night and we were really, really tired. And we're going to this one particular village. And in this village, we were going to um, have a meal together with all the village people. So it was on the island of Malaita. It was um, right up the north of Malaita. And they had prepared this incredible feast. And as they prepared this feast, they put it out on the ground. They put all these palm leaves out on the ground. And then they put the feast on top of it. So there's meat and there's, there's rice and there's rice and there's meat and there's more rice and there's meat and rice and a few vegetables and meat and more rice and rice and green cabbage, which, oh, yuck. (laughs) But it was amazing. They have worked the whole day to have this feast out on the ground for us. We as Aussies had come there a bit earlier. (laughs) We were so tired and wrecked. We went into our room. We had a bit of a whinge together. We said, look, we are so tired. I don't think we're going to survive a late night tonight. We are just so tired. We're so wrecked. But we're going to put our best faces on, pretend that we're not tired, and we're going to push through. So we're having a bit of a win saying we want an early night. Have you ever whinged to God? Have you had a whinge? Has anyone had a whinge? A few of you. So we were whinging, that was all it. We went to the feast and here we all all are gathered around this mammoth feast in this great big green grassed area and we're all standing there. And then the chief of the village come out and it started to rain. And he said, we pray that it wouldn't rain and it's raining. There is something wrong because God always answers our prayers. 
We want to pray and ask God what we've done wrong. So they went away for five minutes. All the village got in groups and they started to pray. You could hear them praying because they all pray loud together. You could hear them praying. And they came back and they said to us, it's going to stop raining now because God told us what is wrong. What's happened is we have been really selfish. You guys are really, really tired. You're exhausted. You need an early night. So rather than making this go on forever and ever, we're just going to have our food. All the items from all the villages around the place that we had worked on, we're just going to bring one item and that's going to be it and you're going to get an early night. It stopped. I looked up and thought there's clouds everywhere. It's not going to stop raining. It stopped raining. No more rain. We had a great night and we had an early night. God answers prayer and God wants to answer your prayer. The next thing He's given us is hope. In Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened to the hope of God's call in your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Isaiah 29, those who hope in the Lord will never be disappointed. There is a sense that God wants us to have hope and He's given us this absolute gift of hope. And the last one I've got here, and there's so many more I could tuck in here. The last one is heaven. But it's written, Eye has not seen, nor the ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the older order of things have passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I'm going to make everything new. He's given us heaven, a heaven, which he didn't have to do, but he chose to do that. Isn't God generous? We have all these things. God has given all these things and He wants us to use them for His kingdom. He promised I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's something about being generous. There's something about using our generosity. Let me ask you on a scale of one to 10, we went here last week, 10 being super generous, one being I've never given anybody anything, where would you put your mark? And at this stage, I'm going to interview two of our younger people. So I'm going to ask Kyra and Josh if they can head down. And um, I'm going to interview them and ask them a couple of questions. Now, there's so many people at times that you just don't see in the church on Sunday because they're busy serving. They're busy doing other things. And this is Kyra and Josh. If you can take a seat, we might just grab another mic from down the front there. Now, guys, it's really good to interview you because on Sunday morning, you're not regularly up here. And it's great to have you up here. I want to say these guys are some of the most... Now, we've got a lot of generous young people, but these are some of the most generous young people would we've got because they work hard behind the scenes. They work hard in giving their time. They, they work hard in, in serving. And at Sunday, when we're sitting here just enjoying church, they're up 
upstairs with our youth, working really hard, teaching them, training them, equipping them, and letting them know about Jesus. As a matter of fact, today they start an alpha course for our, our youth, so all the youth are going to get the alpha course. So they're working hard, and thanks, guys. And as you see staff come up on the screen, you're going to see some staff that you didn't realise they were staff because they're not up the front here, but, man, they're working hard behind the scenes. So a couple of questions I want to ask you guys about because we're talking about generosity, we're talking about giving. So Kyra, can I start with you, please, seeing that you don't have the mic? <laughs> now, I know you're generous with your time because I've seen how generous you are with your time. Also, with your finances, I know you're generous. But when it comes to your finance, you've shared that you've chosen to tithe at a very young age. How did you arrive at that decision with so much ahead of you to say, I'm going to give God a tenth? Now, that's a big thing, and a big thing for a person at your age. How did you come to that decision? Um, I came to that decision by being challenged by God and just praying into it. I also followed my parents. They always were a great example of tithing and being generous with their finances. Um, but I came to that decision uh, early uh, 2021. Um, and I just realized that by me giving financially, I was able to impact something bigger than myself um, and to put towards something that God can multiply with. Um, I think of our kids and youth and the generosity there allows us to put on big events, allows us to put on colour runs like we did last night, to put on youth camps where we get to sow into these kids' lives. Um, and I think for me, being in that ministry and seeing that impact that generosity has, um, it makes me excited to be generous. It makes me excited to tithe because I know that God's going to multiply it and I know that He's going to use it for good. That's amazing. So it's a decision, obviously a decision to do it. And that is, that is so good. You make that decision and you're doing the right thing. Has it always been easy? Have you always had abundance? I notice you don't have the, the, the newest car out there. I, don't, I notice you're not going out to dinner every single night. Just because you gave God the tithe or the tenth, has it always been easy? No, no, it hasn't always been easy. Um, but through that journey, I've learned that God blesses um, and blesses abundantly. Um, yeah, I think it's not always easy to give, but I've seen God bless me um, with jobs, with opportunities. Um, and yeah, I've just really been able to not worry about my finances and to, yeah, just have God's peace in my heart to not worry about that, knowing He's gonna provide, knowing that what I'm given, He's gonna multiply, even if it's not even that much, I'm still gonna be able to give generously and He's just gonna be able to multiply it. So yeah, I think that peace just, yeah, is good. It's amazing to have that peace along the way. So what have you discovered about God on your journey of being generous? What has God shown you because you've been generous with your time, you've been generous with your finances, you've been generous with your heart to share with people? What have you discovered about God along the way? Um, I've discovered that He shows up, and I know He shows up, but um, He shows up financially, He shows up uh, with the kids especially. Uh, he, our youth group and kids have just grown 
abundantly. Like it's just, it's not by our strength, like what games we're doing, it's all by God. And uh, being able to see that and to be able to journey by giving my time, by giving tithes, to be able to see the kids being impacted by God and um, coming to know Christ is just something so amazing. And so, um, yeah, it's just such a blessing. But Kyra, if you kept all that money, you could probably have a new car by now. <laughs> Maybe, but uh, I think for me, my heart is with the kids and youth and to be able to give 10%, which is a little bit, but it's also not a little bit when you look at it. <laughs> um, but to be able to give that knowing that it's gonna impact someone else, it's gonna impact the kids' lives. God's gonna multiply. I've seen that, I know it. So it makes me more excited to give. And it, yeah, it's just cool to see God move. That is awesome. Can't you feel the heart? The heart is for the kingdom. The heart is to, to bless God, to bless these youth that you're passionate about. And um, that is awesome. Kyra, thank you so much for sharing. Josh. Now, Josh, we, we know you are a generous man in so many different ways with how you give. Um, yeah, when it comes to your finances, what values underpin your generosity? Um, I think, uh, I think the f probably the first value that's there is... Um, it's hard to be generous when you're not grateful or you don't have a heart of gratitude for what you do have, what God's given you. I think for me that's, like, I don't have a lot of things. Um, I don't have a lot of assets and a lot of savings and stuff like that. But um, there's a lot in my life that God has given me and being grateful for that allows me to, I guess... Uh, be generous to other people. Um, so it's kind of like grateful but content with what I do have. And the other one um, is just that verse in Malachi where it's like um, where God challenges the, the Israelites, uh, you know, give the full tithe to the storehouse. Um, test me in this because I won't leave you without. And I think that's the only time that God says to test me on something when we're giving. And I think that has kind of helped me to push further into my giving, I guess. They're so good. They're so good because your generosity shows in so many different ways. I guess in your journey in life, how did you arrive at your perspective of being generous? What... what did God show you so that he made your heart generous? Um, it didn't start with my finances. <laughs> um, I was very, uh, especially when I was at uni, I was very, like I would hold my finances <laughs> quite tightly. Um, but with my time, I was always found it really easy to give my time. And um, I remember one, yeah, I, I, I remember one night I was running a home group in Brisbane and I had a huge exam the next day and uh, the person who I had put in charge of like doing the home group for the night pulled out on me last minute. So I had to come up with something and then I had to turn up and be there and it went really late. So when I should have been studying, I was not studying. <laughs> um, so I went to the uni and I pulled this all nighter um, 
and I went through this, it was an open book exam, went through this exam, and, um, and I remember like going to the home group going, God, please do not um, <laughs> make me like fail this exam because I'm giving up time. And uh, that night I was looking through my exam, my open my book and I was like highlighting things and putting sticky notes in stuff and I got to the exam the next day and all of the questions on the exam were like just straight out of the textbook and God had led me to the <laughs> spots in the textbook where um, those points were so I just had to kind of copy them <laughs> across so I didn't really learn anything but um, uh, God was really good at that I think uh, yeah so Things like that. Josh, thank you so much. Guys, thank you so much for sharing your journey. Like, we know you're generous, and just to hear you share that, it comes from a generous heart. So thank you so much for demonstrating generosity at such a young age. Thanks, guys. Wasn't that good to hear from them? So good. So sometimes with generosity, it just doesn't come out the way it should. Now, I brought this. This is my hose. There's another kink there. Sometimes when I go to Bunnings, I'm not looking for quality. I'm looking for cheapness. I don't know whether that's a good thing or not. So a word could be a cheapskate, couldn't it? <laughs> but looking for cheapness, and cheapness doesn't always work because the moment you put it out in the sun, it turns into a crumbled mess and a split mess. And now to use that hose, it just doesn't work because there's so many blockages. There's absolutely so many blockages there. There's no way I can use that hose and make it work. It's meant to be a good hose, meant to be working well, but I just can't use that anymore because it's all blocked up. And you know, generosity is the same. When God calls us to be generous people, there can be blockages in our lives. Blockages because we've been hurt in the past as we've stepped out in faith or we've given and someone hasn't really appreciated it or the enemy starts to speak into our, our heads to say, you don't have to be generous, you've, you've got nothing. It's not about how much you give, it's about a generous heart that's been willing to bless other people. That's what it's all about. And God is looking for generous people because he needs to work through people who are open to him and what the Spirit of God is saying because it's the Spirit of God in us who leads us and guides us through the journey. He needs you. You see, God's never ever made a table. God's never ever made a chair. God's never ever made a stage box. But we have tables and we have chairs and we have stage boxes because God grew the trees that we can take and use the timber to turn them into tables and chairs and stage boxes. God is a generous God and he wants to be generous to so many people. 
And he's given people the staff that he can't touch and can't use unless you're willing to. And that staff makes a difference as he builds his kingdom. That staff, as we see people being generous, people really are blessed. You're blessed this morning because those who went before us were generous enough to put money into a building and into chairs and into sound system. God always just gives the raw thing and then takes it to the next level. You see, throughout history, God has always been trying to get people to step up and be generous. God made a rod. And with this rod, He had this rod and that rod was there and He's gonna use that rod to set a nation free. But He had to find a man who could pick up that rod and use it to set a nation free. And He called Moses. And Moses finally, after 80 years, said, yes, God, I'll pick up the rod. I'll use that for the Kingdom of God. There's a tree he grew and as he grew that tree, he thought, I'm gonna save the world through this tree because that tree's gonna be cut down with many other trees to form an ark. But I've just got to find a guy who's gonna walk, work and labour for 120 years to have faith to build an ark to make a difference. And then he called Noah and Noah said, yes, I'll be that man. There's a wall that had to come down before they could walk into the promised land. And as they focused on Jericho and they they pushed on that wall, there's nothing they could do except to grab an army and walk around. But God needed a leader to that army. And the person he called was Joshua. And Joshua said, yes, I'll blow a trumpet to honour God. There's a giant that stood against God. And Goliath just kept standing against God's army and disfaming God's army over and over again. And God was looking for a man who could step up or a woman who could step up. But he had to call a boy because no man would step out and deal with a giant. But when a boy had a heart that was open to God and called him, he stepped out and God used him. There's a tree that God watched grow And he knew that tree was going to form a cross. And on that cross, the whole salvation of mankind was going to be hung. And God called his only son. And he hung on that cross. And he gave his life that we might have life. God is looking for people who are willing, who are open, who are available to make an incredible difference. I think the question is, will you be one of those people? What has God put in your hand as our worship team comes? What has God put in your hand that you can use to make a difference for the kingdom of God? Who is it that you're going to impact with generosity? You know, it's the stories of generous people that you never, ever forget. And I just want to finish with, I said, God, what story could I tell today? And he just brought back to mind something so generous done to me when I was 20. Now, that's quite a while ago, probably 20 years ago. <laughs> plus, plus, plus. But I was at Bible college and at Bible college, didn't have much money. I... Um, Lived at the Bible College in Brisbane at Brookfield. 
and I had to drive to Kabulcha, that's the church I worked with. And this particular weekend, I just had enough money to get enough petrol to get to church. So I filled the tank, back then it didn't cost a lot. I filled the tank and I got to church. And there at church, I thought, well, I may get halfway home, but the rest of it, I'm walking. But I had faith in God, said, God, you know, you're able to do whatever. And we went to the morning service and stuff like that, and it was normal. Went to the night service, and it was normal. And I thought, well, it looks as though I'm walking home. But after church, we had, um, as young people, we went to um, someone's place, and we had coffee, and there we had coffee. And we enjoyed that. And then I said goodbye, and I walked out to my car. And as I walked out to my car, this young guy, his name was Mark, came following me. And he said, I just want to say, Phil, I mowed two lawns this week. And God's put in my heart to give you the money I got for those two lawns. A 15-year-old, had nothing else. Here's $20. And God said, I want, I want, you need to have this. And then I got my car and I started to drive off. And I realised, God, thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you, God, that you're a God that gives and you see the need and you give because you know I will be blessed and this story will be with me for the rest of my life. That's what generosity does. Generosity digs deep. Generosity transforms. Generosity makes a difference. We have a generous God. God's calling us to be generous. Let's stand together. I just want to invite you as I pray to just hold your uh, palms up to God because He's been so generous to you. And God, today we want to say thank you for your generosity, how much you've given us, how much we received from you so that we could be wells to other people and bless other people. So today, Lord, we want to say, first of all, thanks for everything that I have, everything I am, who I belong to, and that God, you're always with me and my home is heaven.